It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. More national attention is coming the Reds' way as the rotation has been picked as a dark horse candidate to be one of the best starting rotations in baseball in 2024. We'll tell you all about it on today's Locked on Reds. You are Locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, and my name is Jeff Carr. His name is Steve Hoffenbaker, and we are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans that have turned an addiction into information for you. Locked On Reds is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your team every single day, all throughout the season, all throughout the offseason. As we lead up to pitchers and catchers reporting, we're going to be with you all along the way, bringing you news, rumors, transactions, grumblings and rumblings about your favorite team the Cincinnati Reds on today's show we are going to look at the pitching because there has been a little bit of scuttlebutt on MLB.com of all places about how the Reds could be a dark horse to be the best rotation in baseball yes didn't say pretty good didn't say kind of good best rotation in baseball We'll tell you why. We're also going to get in the future of the rotation and why there are multiple waves of talent that are on the way. Plus, we are 58 days away from opening day, which leads us to think about a not so uh, distant former Red that we're going to talk about in the latter part of today's show. Before we get to all of that, I wanted to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is the official sponsor of the Lockdown Reds podcast here today. And new users can win $200 in bonus bets with a winning $5 bet celebrating the Super Bowl coming up. Just go to FanDuel.com slash Lockdown and make every moment more. And where we will begin today, Steve, is with this article. There's an article. It was written by David Adler on MLB.com that pegged the Reds as a dark horse rotation or dark horse candidate to be the best rotation in baseball. And I believe he's he's one of the reasons, but I believe that Frankie Montas is the X factor for that to happen. You know, I'm with you. There's there's definitely a, a different conversation that you get to have with a healthy Frankie Montas in the rotation. Now, again, all of these, all of these predictions, all of these, they might be's are all predicated on health. And, and we keep coming back to that uh, because for this to be true. And I think it could be, I think the reds could achieve this. They could have one of, or the best rotation in baseball, but that means for that to happen, that means Hunter green has a completely healthy, full MLB season. That means that Nick Lodolo has a completely full and healthy MLB season. And it means that Frankie Montas, the difference maker, would be the Oakland A's version of himself, would be able to come out and make 30 starts and be healthy and be in the rotation all the way. That's a lot of ifs. That's a lot of that's a lot of squinting and tilting your head sideways to see that finish line. But it's not unrealistic to see that finish line if health is okay, if everyone is good to go. I definitely think it's a bold prediction. And there's a reason that the term dark horse is used for the Reds. You don't use the term dark horse if there's somebody you expect 
somebody that you think is on the outskirts looking in ready to pounce like could the reds be there be up there with like the dodgers and guys like that yes but literally everything has to go right that's not to say that the reds don't have as much upside as the dodgers i think they do i think the reds starting rotation has as much upside as the hundreds of billions and trillions of dollars that the LA Dodgers have used to put together their starting rotation, because you're talking about a couple of different things. And I, I say that Frankie Montas is the extractor in this. He was actually reason number two on the MLB.com article, but I'm going to move him up to reason number one, because a healthy Frankie Montas, a Oakland A's Frankie Montas, that was the same guy that was used in the same vein during the trade deadline that the Reds traded Luis Castillo away he was used in the same vein as Luis Castillo. So you're essentially getting back Luis Castillo or a, a caliber pitcher of that level for a prove it deal on a one year deal that they got Frankie Montas for. And uh, Montas was actually on the uh, Reds Hot Stove League show on 700 WLW, I believe it was last week. And uh, he was talking about his season and he was asked, you know, what is, what is your goal for the season? And instead of really diving into, well, you know, I want to win so many games or I want to strike out so many batters, this is what he had to say. Just being able to make every start, that would be a win for me to go out there every five days and do my best. For me, that's my main goal. And Steve, that's what we've wanted. That, that's what, when we said we want a pitcher this offseason, we said we want a reliable dude who's going to make 30, 32, 33 starts, something like that, and be out there every fifth day for this team and be a consistent force. Sounds like Frankie Montes agrees. Yeah, you know, the shoulder is the question, right? How is that shoulder going to perform? Uh, I did see a recent conversation that Frankie had with Mark Sheldon over at MLB.com. And during that conversation, Frankie said he's already been throwing the hitters out in Goodyear. Uh, the shoulder is responding fine. He's had no issues at all. Uh, he didn't have any issues when he fired it up there at the end of last season, uh, making that relief appearance for the Yankees. So uh, I want to believe him. Uh, the end of the day, you know how these players are when you ask them about their health. But I want to believe him. And it would it would seem that the results that he's getting out in Arizona support what he is saying, which is the shoulder is good. Um, building up the strength and going to be ready to go. And if his goal is, you know, to start every fifth day and give 30, 32 starts to the Reds heading into a postseason run, I am here for it. And I think that uh, if it's that Frankie Montas and if it's the, the Oakland A's version with the statistics, uh, the Reds rotation is definitely going to be one to watch. The number one reason for David Adler in the article that he wrote on MLB.com does pertain to the health side of things. We, we've talked about this quite a bit this offseason about Nick Lodolo, but also lump Hunter Green in there because last season Hunter Green did not lead the team in starts. He did not lead the team in innings. It's because he dealt with little nagging injuries throughout the season. Can he be healthy, give you a full year? Can Nick Lodolo be healthy and give you a full year? Whatever that looks like, whatever the, the pitch count may be, because that was actually reason number one uh, that the Reds could be one of the best rotations in baseball, and that is that Green and Lodolo become the aces that they are supposed to be. The, the aces that, as they were both being called up to the major leagues a couple of years ago, we were saying, yes, these guys can do that. And I know we've we, 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 we talked ad nauseum about, you know, over-expectations, going too crazy on, on what we expect from these guys, but they've shown this talent from time to time. They just need to be healthy, 
and they need to develop that consistency. And we will be talking about the ACE 1A, 1B situation that we dreamed of in 2021. Yeah, I think it's fair to say, and, you know, if you think this is a little too harsh, by all means, jump in. But I think it's fair to say that thus far, both Green and Lodolo have been disappointing. Uh, they have not been able to to get to where we thought they would be. Uh, they have not been able to build upon what they set out to do. And I think that's the disappointing part for me. Uh, heading into year three, I would have liked to have already seen that stretching out of the arms, uh, building mm-hmm. up the innings, working on, you know, in Hunter Green's case, adding another pitch and, and settling in. I would like to have seen all of those done already. And I don't think either of these pitchers have gotten there yet, but again, it's year three. And I think in order to turn the tide and change that narrative, they both absolutely have to have a healthy 2024. I I don't think I disagree with you because I think you're saying disappointing and not a bust. I think people like to throw that word out far too much. Yeah, not different. that, not the same thing. We're talking about to this point, they haven't done what we expected them to do. And I, I, I think I would agree with you with that. Another point, and this is something that you and I are both worried about to an extent. And I'm, I'm skipping the point four on this one is that Andrew Abbott avoids a sophomore slump because we saw what he did last season. We saw how he ended the year. And, you know, we talked about, you know, fatigue was a huge factor in that. This was the most he's ever pitched in a calendar year. And he had to get used to that. His body wasn't there. And he even talked about it. He's just like, I mentally was there, but my body, like my arm was fine, but the rest of me was like, what are we doing? This is so much pitching. And I can see that being a factor, but there's two reasons. And we talked about this off air that I'm worried slightly about how his production continues this season. Number one, his ground ball rate was less than 30%. We talked about we wanted it closer to 50%. He's not even close to 40%. He's at 28.6%. And then you couple that with the fact that he has an average exit velocity against of over 91. You're talking about a, a harder hitter than Ellie De La Cruz every time he allows a batted ball. That, that's what we're looking at here. So that kind of thing concerns me with that combination. It makes it seem as though he has to strike out everybody if he's going to do that because at Great American Ballpark, you allow a lot of fly balls and you allow a lot of hard hit fly balls. That is a very bad recipe. Yeah, I think that the stats you just threw out there, he definitely is going to have to get a, bre- a better ground ball ratio. It's just he's going to have to. Ground ball percentage is going to have to improve. I want to believe I want to believe it was just fatigue at the end of 2023. Uh, the league had plenty of opportunity to adjust. Andrew Abbott pitched a lot for the Reds in 2023. So I, I'm hoping that it was just the fatigue and that when he comes out in 2024, he'll be that guy again. Uh, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. I think that what we saw from him was enough of a sample size that you know the league was constantly trying to adjust to him anyway. So there's not some magic bullet that's going to appear uh, in April of 2024, where hitters have suddenly figured something out. You know, he is who he is. Uh, I'm interested to see how that that fresh April arm looks on him, what his command looks like, how much ground balls are we going to get. Uh, fly ball to home run ratios are going to be important at Great American Ballpark. Going to be watching all of those things. If, if he can continue to be the guy he was in 23, we're talking about him being number four, number five. Right. In this rotation, depending on what you do with him and Ashcraft, uh, those are really good number four and number five starters. 
and you mentioned Ashcraft. He he also put in his article, you know, Ashcraft is more like the pitcher that we saw down the stretch. And to be honest with you, I'm not even that worried about Ashcraft because we know that he can do it. Like he did it the first part of last season. He did it down the stretch. And it was just that little middle part that was a bit of an aberration. But I, I, I have no worries whatsoever about Graham Ashcraft this year, as long as he's healthy. Uh, I agree. And and we know that a lot of his trouble centered around the death of his grandmother. And that's kind of when things jumped off the rails for him. And once he worked all that out, he was back to being Ashcraft. I'm, I'm not worried about Ashcraft either. This is what I know. I agree that this Reds rotation could be a dark horse candidate to be one of the best in baseball. And I agree with you that Frankie Montas is in fact the X factor for the rotation itself. But while the present is pretty awesome for the Reds pitching staff, so is the future. And we're not just talking about the next wave. We're talking about the next wave and the next wave and the next wave. Coming up, we'll look at just how deep the pitching pipeline goes for the Cincinnati Reds. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Factor. How are your New Year's resolutions going? Well, if you need some help to jumpstart your New Year's resolutions and achieve your goals, you need Factor. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in 2024. You can skip the grocery stores, the prep work, and the cooking fatigue. Instead, you get chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. With over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan plus veggie, and so much more, uh, you can really build out a well-rounded uh, meal plan that you're not going to get bored with. They also have over 55 weekly add-ons, and you'll be able to have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options available to you to kickstart your resolutions. Forget frantic lunch preps and rushed dinners. Factors two-minute meals are your secret weapon in the new year. Fuel up fast with restaurant-quality meals all delivered right to your door. Factor now offers loads of snack options like breakfast, smoothies, juices, snacks, and more to keep you going no matter what's on the schedule. Head to factormeals.com slash locked on MLB 50 and use the promo code locked on MLB 50 to get 50% off your order. That's code locked on MLB 50 at factormeals.com slash locked on MLB 50 to get 50% off. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts from all over the Locked On network, like me and Jeff. Plus, the national shows have you covered for every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Coming up tomorrow on Locked On Reds Everydayers, we've got a discussion about Will Benson. What does Will Benson need to do to take the next step, a la TJ Friedel, in being considered a guy in the Reds outfield? We're going to tell you on tomorrow's Locked on Reds. All right, Jeff, let's dive back into more pitching talk, because as promising as this Reds rotation could be in 2024, as as much talent as there is uh, amongst the pitching staff for the Reds in 2024, there's still a whole lot more where that came from. Right, and... I mean, we, we've talked a little bit about Rhett Louder. We've talked about Connor Phillips, obviously, making his debut last season. Still considered a prospect, still considered you know rookie eligible because he only threw a couple of games. We talked about Chase Petty a little bit as well. There's even more guys beyond that, but I thought it was interesting because we, we talked about national recognition and, and the Reds are kind of garnering that on the major league side. They're getting it on the minor league side too. I think it's important to note that both Baseball America and MLB Pipeline, MLB Pipeline is is free for folks to check out, 
Baseball America, you have to pay, you know, a subscription fee and stuff like that. And before we jump into rankings and stuff like that, they're all different. They all have their own system. They all have their own scouts and writers and all this other stuff. So, yes, there will be differences. But the point is, these guys are getting noticed. Rhett Louder, the number two prospect in the red system, according to Baseball America, number 60 in Baseball America's top 100. He's actually number 34 in the MLB pipeline top 100 people are loving Rhett louder right out of the draft and it just goes to show you that whether he is up this year and he's a big part of this rotation which we've said before that might not necessarily be the best thing for the major league side but or, or, or you know if, he, if he's an opening day candidate for next year's rotation there's a lot of talent there there is a whole lot of talent there, and I, I'm going to stick to my guns on the best handling of Rhett Lauder. Uh, I don't care what he does this year. He needs to pitch in the minor leagues with a strict pitch limit. Uh, they need to work on building up his arm coming off of a season where he pitched a lot in college uh, to the mm-hmm. point where they did not want to fire him up professionally last year. Let's take all the pressure off of this kid. Let's let him learn to become a professional baseball pitcher. Let him face some minor league hitters without the the stress of, is he going to get called up? What's he going to do? Could he be a September guy? We don't know. How's he doing? Let's take all that away. Let's just let him pitch, let him hit his totals and then come into 2025 in Goodyear fighting for a job. I think that's the best use of Rhett Lauder, the best way to develop his arm while protecting it at the same time. And I think the perfect example for Rhett Lauder is what the Reds have done with Nick Lodolo. Now, sure, Nick Lodolo has dealt with injuries, but there were a lot of people that were clamoring for once they picked him to rush him up to the major leagues, get him up there as soon as you possibly can. Straight to the majors, I saw people saying. Yeah, like doing, you know, uh, not everybody can be Mike Leake, but Everybody thinks that every draft prospect is Mike Leak. I don't understand that. But, like, there is a finite amount of time that they can work with him developing stuff, make sure all of his pitches are rounded out and ready to go. I, You know, we've talked about this before. We got the chance to talk with him a little bit. He knows how to pitch. He's not a thrower. He's a pitcher. So how does that all round out into the professional game? Make sure that that's ready to go. Then 2025 hit the ground running. 100% agree. That's not something that I'm going to, to really push back on. The next guy, Connor Phillips. Baseball America has him number three in the red system. They have him at number 78 in Baseball America's top 100. And MOB Pipeline actually has him at number 70 in their top 100. Again, another another guy that's got a ton of talent, different from Rhett Louder. He does throw, but he's got the ability to pitch and kind of move it around the zone and things like that. He's a guy that I think that we will see at some point this season, but again, don't think we're going to see him for a lot because if everyone is healthy on this organization, we're not going to worry too much about that. No, he's going to be the number six or the number seven guy for this rotation. So he'll start the season in Triple A Louisville. He'll be down there working on a few things. Uh, what he can still learn in Louisville, it's a command issue. He needs to be able to control the ball. He needs to be have a little bit more finesse on where that ball is going to go when it leaves his hand. He needs to cut down on the free passes. He needs to improve the consistency. He knows it. We know it. Everybody that watched him pitch last year knows it. He did show us flashes of what that can look like, which is why I'm not ready to, to buy in on the talk of moving him to the bullpen. I think he can still learn this. I think he can still learn this thing and be a very valuable starting pitcher some at points at 2024, but more towards 2025. So uh, I'm, I'm not ready to give up on him. I think all things being equal, I would have him as the number seven starter 
in this Reds group with Brandon Williamson being the number six, being the first guy called up. If anybody needs to miss a turn in the Reds rotation, uh, that's the pecking order that I have for him. Yeah, that's a pretty solid thing. I think Nick Martinez has something to say about that, but I think we both agree that the best use for Nick Martinez is out of the bullpen. It's just he's going to have that ability to start for the Reds. I think if you're looking at a six to seven inning guy, though, it's got to be Williamson or Connor Phillips. The next guy on the list was Chase Petty. He was rated as number five by Baseball America in the Reds organization, and he's the number 98 prospect. He made the uh, MLB Pipeline top 100. This year didn't make it baseball Americas, but he did make MLB pipeline showed a lot of talent last year, had an amazing ERA in the lower minor leagues. Now we really see how he develops as he is going to pitch a little bit in Chattanooga, probably a lot in Louisville this year before we start to hear grumblings. I mean, we're hearing some fans asking whether or not he should be on the major league radar, not really hearing that around the team. Nobody around the team is saying that but he could really cement his part in the next wave of the Reds pitching staff. You know, you and I made a lot of uh, jokes when the Reds traded for Chase Petty, a lot of NASCAR themed crossover talk there. And, (laughs) and to, and to keep that vein alive, you know, Chase Petty needs to get it in gear. That's really where we're at at this point. Uh, Chase Petty isn't completely in charge of Chase Petty's future right now. Uh, He has not reached a point where the Reds are looking at him as a bust. He has not reached a point where anybody by any means is trying to give up on him. But he has also reached a point where if he wants to get to that next level, if he wants to be a major leaguer, he's going to have to find that next that next step for himself. He's going to have to get better at being consistent and getting hitters out. He's going to have to to work on his control and strikeout pitch. He's going to have to demonstrate that he's worthy being in this conversation because right now, I mean, we talked about one through seven right now in the red starting rotation pecking order. I don't know that Chase Petty's number eight, nine, or 10. I think there could be other guys that fight their way in front of him. So, so for me, this is, this is going to be a very interesting season for Chase Petty. It is really a season where he has to go out there and prove it and show that he wants it. And, you know, I'm not saying he's not going to do that, but that's what I need to see. And I'm sure that's what the reds are waiting to see. And it's important to know, too, when you think about Chase Petty, when you think about Rhett Lauder, we didn't mention Brandon Williamson because he's not listed as a prospect, although he will probably start the year in AAA. But all these guys are here, and you're talking about a major league starting rotation that outside of Frankie Montas, who's only here for one year probably, you're looking at all of this control that the Reds have. Hunter Green, the Reds have him for a long time. Nicoladolo, they have him for a long time. Graham Ashcraft, they have him for a long time. Andrew Abbott, they have him for a long time. None of these guys are going anywhere anytime soon. But the Reds have all this talent that's ready right behind them in case one of them doesn't work out, in case they trade one of them, whatever happens. They, they have so much talent coming up behind them. And, you know, if I can just for one moment, translate what you were saying there. So Chase Petty needs to find the inside track to move up through the pack and get to the podium. That's what you were saying there. I knew you wouldn't be able to help yourself. Bless your <laughs> Alabama loving heart. Oh What's my it? goodness. But even behind Chase Petty and, and to group these guys together a little bit, um, just for the sake of time, like there's so many, like you're talking about Ty Floyd, according to baseball America, the number 11 prospect in the Reds organization, Julian Aguiar, number 14, Per baseball America, and he won the top pitcher in the Reds farm system. Uh, the the organization gave him that award during the Reds caravan. 
Lion Richardson, Carson Spires. You have some guys in the lower levels like Jose Acuna. You have Cole Schoenwetter, who's coming up through this system. Javi Rivera. These names, you're going to hear them as we kind of talk about some minor league progressions throughout this season. They have lots of talent. And, and, and Nick Crawl has stockpiled talent, not just on shortstop. You know, the whole joke of, well, the Reds minor league system is a hundred million shortstops and they got to figure out where they're putting them all. They got a lot of pitchers too. And, and, and the future on the mound, the, the pipeline is just, it runs so deep, man. I, I love to see it. Yeah. I, you know, you talk about Aguiar, he's going to have a lot of eyes on him. He's getting a lot of attention right now. Everybody's going to have an eye on him and what he's doing. Ty Floyd, I think would be a fun one to talk to. Maybe we'll work on that. Um, just kind of yeah. see where he's at and, and how he's developing. Uh, you know, talking about the, the one through six, one through seven, you know, Lion Richardson, Carson Spires, both with big league starts last year. You'd have to think yeah. that they're in the top 10 of that one through 10 guys that would start a big league game if, if you need them. So a lot of depth. And, and this is just such the opposite of the problem that the Reds have had for the last several years. It, it's just a whole different narrative, and it's a whole different space to be in. Uh, and it's going to, I think, allow for a lot less uh, wringing of the hands, Jeff, when guys are out there throwing pitches in Goodyear. Because, you know, you know, we used to get stretched because, you know, poor guys, anything goes wonky, we're in trouble. And it's not quite that way anymore. So I'm looking forward to these spring training games and watching how everything kind of shakes out. Yeah, Lion Richardson and Carson Spires seem like pitchers that in years past the Reds really forced their way up through the minor leagues because they needed all the help they could get and they didn't want to spend money on pitching. And so they would force these guys into the major league rotation. Now they can develop. They can work on their craft at AAA and they can be the best version of themselves when the Reds need them. The, The Reds pitching staff, the future, the present, everything very, very deep, very excited to see how it all plays out over the next year, two, five, seven, ten, you know, stuff. You know, Steve, you and I were thinking about Luis Castillo. We're going to tell everybody why coming up next. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. FanDuel's the best place to do that they have so many ways for you to end the season with a w or two or three or you know however many you want to go for not only can you bet on who will win the super bowl but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown how many points will be scored the national anthem length how long will it be and so much more New customers who join today, you'll get $200 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. You can also check out this awesome feature. I was looking at the Reds uh, possibilities of NL Rookie of the Year. We talked about Noel V. Marte. He's going to win it. He's plus 950 to win it. Jump on that train today over at FanDuel. Again, FanDuel.com slash locked on. Your first bet that wins for new customers of $5 or more will get you $200 in bonus bets back. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL and the official sportsbook of Locked On. New game day shirt, boom, cash back. Food for the tailgate? 
Boom, cash back. Even buying around can earn you cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. In sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the win, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Did I mention there are no fees, period? This one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. You can follow us in between episodes. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three F's on X. You can follow Steve at S. Offenbaker with two F's on X. And you can follow the show at Lockdown Reds. There's no F's in that. You can also join the Lockdown Reds Discord page. Got a link down in the description of today's episode. A lot of folks talking Reds baseball all year long. And talking about moves that are going on around the league and why other teams are stupid for making those moves and the Reds are going to beat them because that's what the Lockdown Reds Discord page does. Also, bookmark insidethereds.com. Mention that we're talking about Will Benson tomorrow. I've got an article uh, that I wrote for insidethereds.com that should be coming up here pretty soon, uh, making sure that everything's looking good on that. You know, sometimes I misspell a word or two. So uh, James keeps me honest there. But make sure you books, bookmark insidethereds.com. I'm writing. Steve's writing. Our friends uh, Austin and Rick from 700 WOW are writing, and so is James Rapine as well. All right, Steve, we are 58 days. We're under 60. Getting there, getting there. Under We are 58 days away from opening day, which we've been doing this series, and if you've missed it, we've been trying to do it a little bit closer to the end of each show uh, here recently, but we've been looking at the best players to wear those numbers the number 58 with all due respect to steve paris it's luis castillo the best red to ever wear the number 58 and i don't think it's really that close (laughs) no uh luis castillo in his six years he's the longest serving member of the reds to wear the number uh in his time in cincinnati a 3.62 era 792.1 innings pitched uh strikeouts per nine 9.8 walks per nine 3.3 uh he was clearly the man uh and the return that the reds got for him clearly demonstrates that he is the man still as far as pitching in major league baseball he's still got a lot of baseball left in that arm uh i wish he was still here on this team but you know i'm a, I'm a realist i understand why it had to happen uh, but man he was fun to watch pitch you know how excited do we used to get uh, on la piedra day Love La Piedra Day. And, you know, let's take it a step further. Was he the best pitcher that the Reds have ever had? Maybe. I don't know. Some of the guys from the 70s and, and you know, when talk about some of the guys on those teams that are really underrated and get overshadowed by, you know, the great eight. Uh, a little bit later came over uh, Tom Seaver, which is hard to, yeah, to speak yeah. against. Jose Rio is another one that wants to jump in yep. your mind. And, and you get to even get Johnny to, Cueto. I, I Johnny think Cueto is another guy. Yeah. They'd probably make for a great, a great live show sometime where we just let's let's just hash out who's the best red starting pitcher. But um, a lot of, a lot of good ones have come through here. But and, and certainly, if you're going to make that list and and have that debate, Luis Castillo is one of the top names on that list. Are you talking about a lit like some of the numbers that we've done? You know, as we we go through the larger numbers, they're they're much rarer. And we've talked about that before is that, you know, the larger the number, the less likely you are going to be a major league ball player for that franchise in that given season. But the number 58, you do start to get into a bit of a longer list. You go all the way back to 1938. The first guy who ever wore the number 58, Joe Cascarella. I'm sure a lot of people remember him. It's pretty, 
pretty hard to forget. Pretty hard to forget. Well, and in the aforementioned Steve Paris wore this for a few years. Um, you know, not quite Luis Castillo numbers. And let's not forget Hector Carrasco wore number 58, Jeff. I mean, I know that I know that yeah. he was probably at your number one for the guys Close. who wear the jersey, but Close. <laughs> Close and you know, Frankie Rodriguez. On, honestly, the one that um and I always remember him because you know, that was right around the time that I was really starting to learn rosters and stuff like that and really get a hold of all, uh, get, you know, memorize every single guy that appeared in a game for the Reds. Nerio Del Rosario there in 2010 is, is the kind of name that like you try to remember so that you just drop it on somebody or like an immaculate grid thing or something. You're like, and Nerio Del Rosario. Yep. Number 58. You're Cincinnati. Interestingly enough, uh, interestingly enough, Dan Straley who was traded for Luis Castillo also wore number 58, which, you know, maybe they just didn't want to make up a new Jersey. I don't know. Pulled off the old name, put the new name on. I was starting to think, and it's still kind of a reason that I don't try to get a lot of autographs at Reds Fest anymore, that I was bad luck because I got Dan Straley's autograph the week before. So it was Reds Fest that year. And like the next week he was traded. Now, of course, he was traded for Luis Castillo, and we were a lot happier with Luis Castillo on the team, although Dan Straley was pretty solid. But I was thinking there for a minute, I'm like, should I stop getting people's autograph because I got his and got a couple other guys that got traded right away? Like, got Felipe Lopez one year, you know, before they decided to trade him to the Nationals for Gary Majeski. Uh, different things like that. I, I just felt like I was starting to be bad luck. But, yeah, Dan Straley, same number as the guy who was better than him. <laughs> Right, that's right, and and these are fun. And coming up tomorrow's uh tomorrow's number fifty seven is going to be a lot of fun too. So uh, make sure that you tune in and listen to that one. Hey, I'm looking forward to talking about Jermaine Clark. It's going to be a lot of fun, and that's where we're going to end today's podcast. Thank you so much for checking out today's Lockdown Reds podcast. We are here with you all the way through the off season, leading up to pitchers and catchers reporting. We've got so much to talk about as we get through there because Will Benson. Where is he going to land this year? Is he going to take that step forward? There are a couple of questions he has to answer, including one that you can't just uh, game plan around and keep him out of the lineup for. We're going to talk about what that is on tomorrow's podcast. So make sure they check it out. Why, Steve? Because we're going to gather up lots of information, bring it all right back here, and keep you locked on Reds every single day. I think Jermaine Clarkson every day, or I bet he is. Probably so. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.